introduction. Most of you don't. Some of you are new and you've never heard Brother Herman Kramer. Brother Herman uh, has been in evangelism more than 30 years, uh, traveling all over the state. He and Miss Judell and his wife Judell is here with us today. We praise the Lord for that. And uh, I know it's kind of rumbly while these kids are leaving. <laughs> I think it's probably already evident we're not going to beat the Methodists to Luby's today. So just sit back and relax and amen, let's have a great time. It's already been great, hasn't it? Amen. Praise the Lord. Great to see these kids here this morning. Every church that Becky and I have been in, there's always been two supporters. If nobody else liked us at all, it was Herman and Judale. And uh, the same thing has happened here. They've invested in this building. They're investing in the new children's building. They continue to invest in the kingdom of God. They've been a great blessing, not just here, but we just finished a pastor's retreat. And uh, Brother Case preached there yesterday and did a great job. And uh, Brother Herman had 25 pastors, he and Ms. Judell and their family, uh, get these pastors together once a year. They don't pay a dime. They don't pay a dime. But I want to tell you, we don't eat soup and bread either. It's first-class meals. It's hotel room-style hotels. And, uh, and then the ladies get wonderful gifts. And there's chocolate candy and fudge. And, I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's utopia. And they put that on each year just for pastors and all. And the real truth is most of the pastors and wives who come to that probably would never have a vacation were it not for that. And so their heart's always been in reaching people and helping people. And uh, I learned a long time ago, you dance with the one that brung you. And my whole ministry's been after this man right here. I, I, this, this is where I learned to be a giver. It's where I learned to, to, to go the second mile, to be a servant. And if you don't like the way I do it, just blame him right here for it. Would you welcome Brother Herman Kramer this morning? Tremendous honor to be here, and I mean that sincerely, and many of you know that from my heart. I, I've been a pastor, and I promise you, you're going to be out by 12 o'clock. Uh, Charles leaned over and told me a moment ago, he said, Brother Herman, remember, your sermons are like bologna. You can just slice them anywhere, and so that's what we'll do today. We'll just slice it, get over with, get out of here on time. I promise you that. Uh, I just want to say a word of appreciation to Brother Charles and, and for Case and for Brittany for coming this year to our pastor and wife retreat. You know, every year this is our 12th year, and every year I pray and pray about who I could bring in to be the main speaker. And several years ago, we had Brother Case come in on Friday night and just lead one, one uh, session. And ever since that time, God just laid upon my heart what a tremendous young man that Brother Case is. And this year as I prayed about who I was to bring in, God laid Brother Case upon my heart. We invited him uh, to do the Saturday session. That's the main session for the pastors and their wives. And one thing that I can honestly, truthfully say this morning, that I got more replies back from those pastors and pastors' wives about the passion that Brother Case has 
and delivering God's word and how tremendously blessed they were. And so thank you. For you that are on Facebook and you saw the picture of Brother Case when he's doing that, you know, I've gotten so old that that's gone for me, but he still got it and we appreciate that case so very much. I just want to share briefly, I'm not going to take long as I shared a moment ago uh, this morning, uh, but I, I, you know the one thing that I've learned about the Christian life, I'm either going to a battle, I'm in a battle, or I just got out of a battle, amen? Have you ever noticed at any time that you've ever, ever had a desire to do anything for God that the devil will come and fight you toes and to now, amen? And I know when I got out of the pastorate, not because we had a bad pastorate, we had a tremendous pastorate, uh, went to a church that had not baptized anyone in two years. Uh, we were there just a little over six years, and in that church pastorate, we, the last couple of years, one year we baptized 40-some-odd people, and one year 50-some-odd people, and God did a tremendous work in the life of that church. But after I left the pastorate, I began to look back, and one thing that I noticed in the pastorate, that every time God put a challenge before us, the devil would always come against us. But you know, the amazing thing that I found, that it wasn't only collectively, it was individually. And now these 37 years in evangelism, I've learned the same thing. That no matter what God wants to do in my life, gives me a vision that I strive to fulfill the purpose of God in my heart, the devil is always out to try to bring me down. And so I want to share with you this morning. You know, every time I call Brother Charles, I've always asked him, I say, Brother Charles, are y'all building that building yet? Are y'all building that building yet? And it, he always the same answer. He says, we're getting there. We're getting there. I said, well, how long is it going to take you to get there? Amen. Because I've always been a person of a mover and a shaker in my life. Boy, I want, I, I, I want to do great things for God, and I want to do great things for God now because I believe with all of my heart that time is short and that what we're going to do, we got to do now. And so I just want to share with you some things that whether it may be individually or whether it may be collectively, every one of us in this auditorium, have faced the very difficulties that I'm going to just briefly talk about this morning. Out in the foyer at the welcoming table, uh, we have some little booklets that we printed some 30 years ago when we left the pastorate. And, and, and it's entitled, The Four Attacks of Satan. And in this little booklet, now y'all have heard me so many times, I'm just a country boy. I don't have a college education. I don't have a, a big degree behind me. I've never pastored a mega church or anything like that. This is just common sense wording. But I wrote a little booklet. And in this booklet are many illustrations about our own personal life, how Satan had come against us and come against us, but how that we were able to overcome in order to experience the victory that God wanted us to have. Now, we print these, and we give them away free in our revivals. I'm one evangelist. I don't have anything to sell. Nobody would buy anything anyway. I don't have any tapes. I don't have any messages. And this is the only little booklet I have, and I give these away by the thousands. But I told Brother Charles when I was coming, 
I said, Brother Charles, we just had some new booklets printed, and they come in a, in a box of 280, and I know that's not enough for your church family, but if every family would just take one, that would kind of go a long, long way today. And so they're out there in the foyer at the welcoming table, 280 of these, and if you want to pick one up for your family, and if you don't get one, just ask around somebody to have one. You can borrow it, and you can read it in about 20 minutes, all right? Let me tell you what this book is built about. And so I'm just going to give you the scripture so that I can promise you that I can get you out of here on time. But this little booklet is written from the book of Nehemiah. You remember in chapter 1, Nehemiah asked concerning the brethren. Do you remember that? And I've often said that you'll never do anything great for God if you don't have a concern in your heart. And the Bible said that he asked. Do you remember the answer that he got? The answer in chapter 1 said this, said they're in great reproach, said man, the walls are broken down, the gates are burnt with fire, and said man, they're in terrible shape. You remember what the Bible said? That when Nehemiah heard that, that he sat down and he began to weep. It broke his heart that there was something that needed to be done that God's children needed and that it just tremendously broke his heart. And you remember that what had happened. The Bible says in chapter 1 that Nehemiah began to pray. He says, God, if you will, allow me to do it. God, I'm willing to go. God, I'm willing to do something for you. And you remember the story, and I'm just paraphrasing. Give you the scripture that you can look up at home. And so the Bible said that he began to pray. And God allowed him to go. And you remember as he went, he was going to rebuild the work of God. It was a tremendous job for him to do. But you remember the Bible said that when he got there, he didn't tell anybody about it. The Bible said that he went out and he surveyed it. He looked the situation over, never said a word to anyone. I've often preached that I believe that in that instant, what Jeremiah was doing, he was allowing that vision to be born in his heart. He wanted to see what God saw. He wanted to do what God wanted him to do. The Bible said that he finally shared it with the people. He told the people that God's hand was upon him, that God had sent him in order to do this tremendous work. And you remember what happened? The Bible said the people rallied around him, and the Bible said the people had a mind to work. You know, the one thing that I found that in my church, in every church, and even in evangelism, there's always people out there that want to do exactly what you want to do. There are people that want to just do great and marvelous things for the kingdom of God. But you see, the Bible says that when they begin to build, all of a sudden, the enemy came. You remember that? And the enemy just came four times. And I've written in the book that every sin that you and I commit, whether it be individually or collectively, will fall in those four attacks. Every sin that you and I will ever commit will fall in the very four attacks that Satan brought against Nehemiah. And I said in those four attacks usually stops most of the work of God. And I can assure you today that whether it's in your life individually or whether it's in the life of this church or in the life of our church that we pastor or in the life of any church, 
that any time that you decide that you feel led, that God is leading you to do something great, and you make a commitment, that the devil's going to come and attack. How did he attack Nehemiah? Let me just briefly tell you. First of all, he attacked it verbally. You remember that? It's written in chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Just write down the verses. You can go home and read it. But in in chapter 4, in verses 1 through 6, you remember what the enemy did? They came and they made fun of him. They said, you don't really think you're going to rebuild those walls, do you? He said, you can't do that. As a matter of fact, if you build those walls, do you think you're going to use that rubbish you got? And if you do build the walls, then it's going to be so weak that even the foxes that walk upon it, the walls will fall. Has anyone ever told you that? That every time you had a desire of leading to do something for God, somebody tried to discourage you? You know, that stops most work. In some churches and in some instances, all it takes is one person to get up and say, you know what, I just don't think it's going to work. I just don't think it'll happen. I know that's never happened in Woodland because you have such a tremendous church. But I would imagine that somewhere, even though that it may have not been said publicly, somebody somewhere has said, you're never going to build that building. That's what they said when you built this building. You can't build a building that big. Well, I mean, if you built it, it's it's never going to be filled. So why even go through the effort? Have you ever noticed that every time God wants to use you, the devil will always bring the negative crowd around you? When I surrendered to preach, people said, you'll never preach. And you don't have no education. You're just a farmer, man. Who do you think you are anyway? And then when I went into evangelism, that was really something. And you see, the one thing that I learned, that if the devil can't use people away away from you, they'll use people close to you. For months, I knew where God wanted me to go. I had gotten to the point in my life after those years, I wouldn't listen to people. I didn't care what people said. I only wanted to listen to God. But then all of a sudden, not because they didn't love God, just simply because the devil finds his way. He brings those as closest to you. And I would begin to tell Judeo, I said, Judeo, God's leading me into evangelism. And, you know, I mean, we got this great church, and, 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 and I, I just feel like that God wants me to go. And here's the reply that I would hear. How many revivals have you ever preached? I said, none. She said, how many preachers do you know? I said, none. She said, how much money we got? I said, None. She said, where are we going to live? I said, I don't know. She said, you better stay at the church. It wasn't because she didn't love me. It wasn't because that she wanted to destroy me. You see, folks, listen. Our battles are not flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in high places. 
the devil can't use people away from you. He'll try to use the people that are closest to you. Say, wait a minute. You'll never do that. You'll never succeed. You'll never, you'll, you'll never be able to accomplish it. But you know what the Bible says? That Nehemiah prayed. He didn't retaliate back. He just took it to God. He said, God, this is not our work. This is your work, God. We're not going to listen to the negativism. We're only going to listen to you. And the Bible says it kept building. You know what has stopped some of you? Negativism. You know what has stopped some of you? People around you saying you can't do it. It's not going to work out. But you see, my friend, it's not our plan. It's God's plan. The second time that the enemy came against Nehemiah, where did I do my watch? There it is. No, I'm going, I'm, going, I'm going to get them out on 12, brother. I guarantee you. The second time that he comes, write this scripture down real quickly, was open attack. You remember what happened? The enemy said, look, said if we can't discourage him with words, here's what we'll do. We'll just infiltrate them, and we'll get among them, and said, when they don't know it, we're just going to hit them, and we're just going to wipe them out. We're going to stop this work that they're doing. You know what I've often found? That if the devil can't discourage you with words, he'll bring the battle to you. He'll make you face it, my friend. I want to tell you, I have met a world of Christians that say they love Jesus and they want to serve Jesus until the battle comes. And then when all of a sudden the battle comes, all of a sudden they want to bail out and they just simply say, I'm not in it for the fight. I'm just in it for the victory. Listen to me. God didn't call us to serve him in just the good time. He called us to serve him all the time. Battles are going to come. They always have come. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. The Bible said that the word, Nehemiah got word. You know what he did? He equipped the people. And he said, look, half of, he said, half of you, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to work with one hand. I want you to hold a spear with the other hand. I want you to be ready for the battle because the battle's going to come. Oh, my friend, I want to tell you something. The devil will bring it to us every time. I remember right out of uh, Katy, Texas, years ago, uh, when I first went into evangelism, first trailer I had, a piece of junk. And I remember coming out uh, from Louisiana going home. And that's when we lived in Dilly, way below San Antonio. And I came through uh, Katy and then went to Brookshire. And out, outside of Brookshire, a few miles, I remember I had a blowout. I pulled off the interstate and I went and looked at my spare and my spare was flat. And here it was at 2 o'clock in the morning. And I sit there beside that road, and I begin to cry. And I said, God, I didn't bargain for this. God, I didn't ask for this, God. I said, God, at least the spare could have had air in it, God. Why, oh God, why? And I sit there like most Christians, and I was having a pity party. But all of a sudden, God reminded me, son, this ain't your ministry. This is my ministry. It's not always going to be easy. There's going to be hard times. 
But it's not a time to quit. It's a time to go on. And I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, at 2 o'clock in the morning, a man drove up on the excess road on the other side of the interstate, and he stopped, and he said, do you have a problem? And I said, man, do I have a problem? I, I said, I got a blowout. I, I, my spare's no good. I don't have a tire. I, I, I just, you know, a tear run down my cheek. He said, look, 2 o'clock in the morning, he said, get in my truck. Let's get the other tire. He took me back into Brookshire's, got another, bought another tire. I tried to pay for it. He wouldn't pay, take the money. And he, he took me back, helped me put the tire on, got me back on the road. What am I saying? I'm saying back then, it would have been easy to quit. My friend, it would have been easy that night to say, I'm going home. I'm not going to travel. I'm not going to pull these raggedy old trailers up and down the highway. But I'm just going to go home. And I'm going to find some church to get comfortable in. And Lord, I didn't bargain for this. But you see, my friend, I want to tell you, the one thing I learned, battles always come. They always come. I still have them today. I've had them yesterday. I've had them the day before. Battles keep. Anytime you and I ever try to do anything for God, the devil's going to bring the challenge to see whether we're going to stand or whether we're going to go down. Keep on keeping on. Let me give you the third thing real quickly. The third thing. He couldn't stop it with verbal. Comments. He couldn't stop them with with open uh, attack. The third thing in the fifth chapter, one uh, verse one through eighteen, disunity from within. You know what Nehemiah found? He found disunity among the family. It wasn't bad enough the enemy was making fun of him. It wasn't enough that the enemy said we're going to come and fight against you. Now they were fighting among themselves. You know the story. The rich were taking advantage of the poor. And the poor was having to work upon the wall. They couldn't support their families. So what the rich said, you, you, you market your land and your houses, and we'll give you the money. And they were having to go into poverty in order to work upon the wall. Nehemiah got word. And the Bible said Nehemiah was angered about it. He confronted them. And you know the amazing thing? When he confronted them, you know what the Bible said? They didn't have a response. They didn't have anything to say. You know why? Because they knew that they were wrong. You remember what Nehemiah said? He said, look, we're in this thing together. No need for you to take advantage of others. Everyone on this wall is important. Folks, you know what stops a lot of work? Of God, disunity among the family. I can honestly, truthfully say, and I don't even know you. Charles hasn't said a word to me. I'm just preaching my heart. But I imagine there's people in this church that is in disunity over this new building. There are people in this building, in, in, in this church, that says we don't need a building. We're wasting our time. We're wasting our effort. I'm not for it. I'm against it. But my friend, I want to tell you something. God didn't call us to fight among ourselves. God called us to work together. You and I need one another. Disunity. Let me give you the last one. I'm almost through. I'm going to get there. Notice, fourthly, compromise. Couldn't get in with verbal. Many of you have been stopped in what God wanted you to do because somebody told you you couldn't do it. 
Some of you have stopped because of battles. When you decided to do it, the devil brought battles and he discouraged you. And you weren't willing to stand and you gave in. Some of you, disunity has gotten you to stop working for the Lord. But if that's not enough, Satan had one more trick up his sleeve. You know what it was? Compromise. The Bible said the enemy came to Nehemiah and said, listen, come on down. Let's talk this thing over. And you remember what Nehemiah told him? He said, why should I stop? This ain't your work. This is God's work. As a matter of fact, I don't have anything to talk to you about. And you know what the Bible says? The enemy came to him four times that way. Wasn't enough to just try once. But he tried the second time, the third time, and the fourth time. Try to get him to compromise what God had called him to do. Boy, that happens so much. I've had people tell me, say, Brother Herman, you don't need to preach as hard as you preach. Brother Herman, you don't need to travel as much as you travel. Brother Herman, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. They're always trying to some way, somehow, to get you to stop doing what God wants you to do. Have you ever noticed that? But here's the victory, and I close with this point. Look, if you will, in chapter 6, in chapter 6, verse 15 and 16, so the walls was finished. So the walls were finished. In 52 days, notice what it says, verse 16, and it came to pass that when all the enemies heard thereof, and all the heathens that were about us saw these things. They were much cast down in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was of God and not of man. Wow. Isn't that the ultimate goal in all of our lives? Whether it be individually or whether it be collectively? Isn't that the goal in all that we do? is that ultimately not only will it be finished, but God gets all the glory and all the praise. Wow. Folks, you're, you're sitting before someone that believes in you with all of their heart. I really do. This church has been a beacon in my life. This church has been an encouragement to me. This church has been a church that had guided me in so many ways and so many steps. I've stood before congregations and I said that your pastor is the best friend that I have. My wife reminds me, he's your only friend you got. So he's got to be your best friend. But folks, I've watched this church under the leadership of Brother Charles. And I have stayed in contact with him, in contact with him, in contact with him. Because if there's anyone that knows that the work of God is not easy, it's me. When Brother Charles came here and began to build, I know what he was facing. There were those that were skeptical that said it could never happen. I know what it was that when you started building it, open attacks come. 
that all of a sudden the problems begin to show up. I know what it is to see a church have disgruntledness that can't fall together. I know what it is to try to compromise with what God's given us. But I stand before you to say this. Keep on keeping on. The building will be built. Amen? Let me tell you why. I love, Brother Charles, and this is free time. Twelve is over, okay? So I closed my Bible, so I'm through. Brother Charles mentioned a moment ago that Judell and I, we invested in this building, and we've invested that building over there, and we've invested in the new building. Because I invest because I believe that whatever you invest in, you will have eternal rewards. I believe that with all of my heart. That's why we have the Pastor and Wife's Retreat. Bring in 20, 25 pastors, give away Dell laptops, computers, feed everybody, house everybody, give wife great gifts and all of that. And I had other evangelists several years ago. I'm not going to call their name. They got this great idea of what Brother Herman's bringing in 20, 25 pastors and their wife. We're going to do it. They put on one year, one year. You know what they came back and told me? They said, Brother Herman, we put it on and spent all of those thousands of dollars. And you know what we got? Not one single revival from a single one of them. I said, hallelujah. I said, you were doing it for the wrong reason. I don't put it on for revivals. I put it on to invest in preachers' lives. Because wherever that preacher preaches and wherever he pastors, I got a part. I got a part that my friend, money can't take away that will be invested in eternity. You know why I invest in Woodland Hills? Because of the eternal reward that someday I'll receive in glory. I believe in you. I believe in you. And so I want to encourage you. Problems are going to come. The devil's going to fight you. But rise up because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Don't quit. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for allowing us to share today. And and God, I just pray, I don't know what somebody may be going through here. Maybe individually, God, they've just been defeated. People have put them down. People have said things about them. People have discouraged them. God, I pray today that they would rise up and simply say, I'm not listening to people. I'm listening to God, that I'm a winner. I'm not a loser. God, I pray today that there's somebody here that's facing open attacks. God, the old devil has brought it to their doorstep. God, I pray that they would rise up. Realize that they're a warrior today, God. They're not defeated, but God, they're going to win, God. I pray today that, God, that they'll stand against that problem. As little David did against Goliath and said, you may come against me with a sword and shield, but I've come in the name of the Lord. Lord, I pray today that they will stand in that problem. God, I pray today for those that may be in disagreement with somebody. God, there may be friction. Lord, I pray today that, God, that they would be the one that would step up and say, you know, this is not right. We're not in this thing uh, uh, against one another. We're in this thing together. I need you. You need me. And then God compromised. 
Don't let us ever step down. Always have us stepping up, God. Help us be more tomorrow than we were today. Oh, God, don't allow us to compromise with what you have set before us. So, God, you get the glory. You get the praise. It's not about us, God. It's all about you. And so, Lord, as we give this invitation, maybe there's somebody that want to come today and say, Brother Charles, somebody pray for me. I've been under attack, and I'm rising up above that. I'm going to go on to where God wants me to go. God, maybe there's somebody here, that God that needs a church home. God, I don't know of a better place to be a member than right here. God, if I lived here, this would be the first place I would join here. Because, God, this is a church that's on a move. This is a church that cares about your work. God, there's some that's waiting, sitting on the sideline, and I'm praying that maybe today they would rise up and say today, it's the day that I need to get connected. So, Lord, whether they need to be saved, whether they need a church family, or whether they just need to come and pray, today's their day. Grant them victory today is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. Brother Charles and some men will be here. We just sing a brief invitation, you'll be out of here. Okay, let's sing. You come. Come on. Emmanuel. Come on. Rise above that attack. Emmanuel. Say, I ain't staying down. I'm getting up. I'm getting up. His name is called Emmanuel. God with us. Well, you God didn't come to put you down. God came to pick you up. His name is called Emmanuel. We sing another verse. God's speaking to your heart. Would you you come? Come? You've done everything God's asked you to do today. If you have, we'll quit and go home. God with us revealed in us His name is called Just bow your heads as we play through another verse. These are finishing up. Anyone else need to come? The invitation's open to you. This most important part of the whole service.